0: Take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to the Book of John, Chapter Five. Book of John, Chapter Five, we have already covered the first nine verses in this chapter. This morning we'll be looking at verses 10 through 12. I don't think we'll get any further than that. So let's read verses 10 through 12. The Jews therefore said unto him, that was cured. It is the Sabbath day. It is not for thee to carry thy bed. He answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. Then asked they him, What man is that? which said unto thee, take up thy bed and walk. After the first verse, which simply stated for us that there was a feast in Jerusalem of the Jews, And Jesus went to Jerusalem. In other words, it's stating why Jesus went to Jerusalem again. Four or five months later. He'd been there previously for the Passover. But then we began to Notice some pictures or some scenes, and we call them pictures or or scenes because it's not hard for our minds to picture what was going on. It's not hard for us to picture a, a gate into an area, and then there being a body of water, a great body of water. It's not hard for us to picture that. And then around this body of water, there, there's five porches, five colonnades. That is pillar a, a roof, a covering held up by pillars. shelter. And in these five porches is a great multitude, hundreds maybe even thousands of impotent folks who were lame, withered and so on. They are paralytic. They had an affliction. Hundreds of not thousands of them. And at certain times of the year this water just begins to mysteriously bubble and be agitated and turning and it was the mercy of God and whoever got into that water first and we can we can see them uh... uh crawling on the ground I mean dragging themselves on the ground trying to get be the first one into that water so that they could be healed. We can picture that. The next scene that we had, the next picture that we had was of all this great multitude of folks. Jesus is coming and He beholds the great multitude and He goes to one individual one individual out of that hundreds of people, out of thousands of people. In that condition, he goes to one. And we can picture that in our mind's eye. him talking to that one individual. And him telling that one individual to rise up take your bed and walk go (laughs) what a beautiful scene and picture that is but now we come to these verses verses 10 through 12 and we have another scene we have another picture and we can, we can just picture it in our, our minds high there's these religionists these very religious people I call them reli- religious zealots or religionists That's, that's, that's doing them a favor. Because religionists, the the definition of religionists is, is extreme, extreme religious zeal. Well, that's something that every, every born again child of God have. They ought to have an extreme religious zeal, an extreme zeal for the things of God and walking in the ways of the Lord. We're going to say this morning that these religionists lack that. They were they were strict the letter of the law that they were lacking in many other areas. So this picture that we, that we see, and we can just see it in our mind's eye. This man, he, he has been made whole and he's taken his bed and he's walked. and, and these, these religious people that descend on him. He is carrying his bed. He is working on the Sabbath. Yeah. So we can we can picture that, can't we? I mean, we've done it ourselves. Have we not? With one another at times? This is a picture of, of religion that is dead. It's dead. There's no life in it. It's lacking of, it's lacking the intent of the law. So, we want to note three things concerning this dead religion. Dead religion is a religion of, of legalism. They were more concerned about rules, ceremonies, and rituals than they were about meeting the needs of people. It was, it was a legalism. It was, you got to do this and this and this and this where well, you're not honoring God. They could care less about the needs of people. You see, they were lacking love and compassion. They were lacking mercy they were lacked forgiveness how often do we lack love compassion mercy not to mention forgiveness they were more concerned <coughs> they were more concerned that the man was violating the sabbath than with the man who was suffering he was suffering in a pitiful condition and had been for 38 years That wasn't on their thoughts, though. That he had been relieved of this poor and miserable condition that he was in. Well, I want us to note something about these religionists who, who, by the way, were Pharisees. Scribes, Sadducees, and Priests. Turn with me to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew in chapter 23. And look with me at verse, verses 5 through 7. In this, Jesus says to, to the multitude and to his disciples... Concerning those scribes and Pharisees. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They may broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments. Phylacteries were, were little uh, pouches of, made of skin, thin skin from an animal and in these pouches they would write certain parts of the law words of the law on these parchments and stick them in these pouches and then they hung across their forehead from these pouches it was it was going back to god commanding them to to do these things these things and to teach these things and to have them as as frontlets before their eyes. And they he said he said they they broaden, they may broad their philatherist. I mean, a big deal. Look at me, I'm really religious. I have all this law upon my forehead. They enlarged the borders of their garments, the, the fringe, which was usually with a, a blue ribbon of that sort. And, and they enlarged it to, to look at me, draw your attention, your eyes to, to them. Who they were. Now verse six. And love the uppermost room at feast and the chief seats in the synagogue. In other words, the places where, where they're gonna be seen. You'd probably notice we have two chairs sitting up here. I don't like sitting up here in these chairs (laughs) who am I yes I'm your pastor but but I'm one of you I sat down there but all these these scribes and Pharisees they loved the upper room they loved for people's eyes to be upon them that's what they were about Verse 7. And greetings in the marketplace. Oh, they love that you recognize them in the marketplace and would greet them. And, 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 and if you weren't greeting them, they were greeting you. <laughs> they were making a show. Don't go leave here saying, that I said you shouldn't be greeting them, one another and greet people you should but your emphasis should not be so that you'll be seen the emphasis is for love and compassion (laughs) to be kind. that wasn't their way go down to verse 14 verse 14 here Jesus said woe unto you scribes and Pharisees hypocrites for ye devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers. Notice the hypocrisy in these. I mean, women who had lost their husbands, they, they, those women had lost their livelihood. The man was, was the provider. He was the keeper of his household. They had lost them. They were widows. And now they, they were faced with the idea of how are they going to make a living for their household? And how are they going to be able to hang on to their houses? Are they going to be able to hang on to their property? And these Pharisees and scribes, they came and gobbled up those houses, Those properties of those widows and then they enter into the house of prayer and they oh they're so religious they pray they look, look at this prayer that I can pray pray these great long prayers Don't ought to be seen of men it's all for souls sure. Look what Jesus says concerning them in verse 23. Verse 23 says, Woe unto you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted the weightier things, the more important things, matters of the law, such as judgment, mercy, Loving, compassion, a forgiving spirit, mercy, and faith, faith. What do we know about faith? A man who has faith demonstrates his faith by his work, his work of what? Well, the book of Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6 says, Faith which worketh by love. (laughs) you you got true faith. You're a loving, compassionate, merciful individual. Forgiving of people. But not these. Jesus said, These ye ought to have done. You ought to do these things and not to leave the tithing undone. But don't think that you're fulfilling the command of God paying your tithe but not being loving and compassionate. Not being just in your judgment of others. You see, for man to have just judgment, what what does it take for man to have just judgment? Well, who am I to judge another? Am I better than you? Are you better than me? We're all men. We're all sinners. Our master is one. The Lord Jesus Christ. It's to him that we answer. But these Pharisees didn't see that. Verse 25. Jesus said unto them, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye make clean the outside of the cup and of the plate, platter. You clean up the outside, but inside you're full of extortion and excess. You see, they were doers of the law, but they did not understand the intent of the law, which the intent of the law was love 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 is the fulfilling of the law we'll read that verse in a little bit secondly dead dead religion is, is ignorant of true authority remember we, we started this fifth chapter and we said this fifth chapter we could sum it up we titled it the authority of Jesus or Jesus' authority. They didn't... That religion is ignorant. Of what true authority is. They should have known that it was the power of God that, that had healed this, this man who was impotent. And they then... Knowing that it was the power of God that had done this. That's what they should have been focused upon. Then they should have been eager to tell this man who who didn't know it was Jesus that did it. Just some man. They should have been eager to tell him who Jesus was, tell him who it was that healed him. Tell him who it was that made him to be able to pick up his bed after 38 years of being impotent. Now he can arise and he can pick up his bed and he can walk. Wow. But they only cared. They only cared that their religious practices continue as they were and not be violated you cannot violate the law you cannot violate the commandments that were given to us from Mount Sinai they didn't realize that them not being full of love and compassion and forgiveness for their fellow man. They weren't obeying the law of God either. If you're still in Matthew chapter 25, 23 look at verses 1-3 through 3. Jesus giving instructions to the multitude and his disciples. Then spake Jesus to the multitudes and to his disciples saying the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. They, they sit in the seat of Moses. What was the seat of Moses? It was, it was said to be the, the seat of instruction and, and leadership. They, they sat there giving instructions concerning the law and leading the people in it. Verse 3. All therefore, whatsoever they bid you observe, they bid you to do that observe and do. Do what they're instructing you. Do what they're teaching you. But do not ye after their works. For they say and do not they don't do after their works. You you listen to their teaching, you listen to the instruction, you listen to the law and the instructions of the law that they're given to you, but don't you do like they do because they 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 say these things, they instruct in the law, they in the letter of the law, but they have no idea about how how to perform the message of the law they have no idea about love love is self-sacrificing and therefore is compassionate and merciful and forgiving to others well thirdly Blind religion is is blind to love. Blind religion is blind to love and to doing good to others. Therefore, blind religion. James tells us in the end of chapter one that pure religion, undefiled before God, is to visit the widows and the fatherless. In other words, to look on them, to look on them in love and compassion and mercy. Religion. That does not manifest itself in love is a blind religion. Their their question was not who has healed and helped you so much, <laughs> not who who has done this wonderful thing. I mean, you you were were impotent for 38 years and now one comes along and has healed you. Praise God for your healing. No, didn't hear that from their lips. No praise, no rejoicing that he who had been lame for 38 years now made whole. But their question was, who has broken and told you to break our law regarding the Sabbath? I mean, he's guilty of breaking the Sabbath because he commanded you to arise and to carry your bed. And you're guilty of breaking the Sabbath because you did it. They could not see. They could not see the good that had been done to this man uh, who, for forty eight years, had been impotent. They were spiritually blind. As we said, they were blind to to the intent of the law. The intent of the law was to guide us in love. Love for God and because we love God, love for our fellow man who is created by God. people today have more love for some creatures of God animals than they do for people don't you find that strange they have more love for their dog or for their cat or for their rabbit, or for their horse, or whatever it be, than they do for their fellow man. Come with me to the book of Titus. Titus chapter 1. Verse 16. they profess that they know God you met professors of God that they know God oh I met professors they love Jesus oh how they love Jesus they're looking for Jesus Jesus is coming back you know that yes he is oh how they love Jesus But in works, they deny him being abominable and disobedient. And unto every good work, reprobate. Unto every good work, not approved. That is, their works are not approved of God. It's not the way of God. those that know God that love God they obey Him they seek to please Him in all that they do you can't tell me you're seeking to please God in all that you do when you don't obey Him when you refuse to obey His word what he's commanded you therein. Jesus put it this way in the book of Matthew chapter 15. Book of Matthew chapter 15 and verse 8, which was a quote of a prophecy. I think it was in the book of Isaiah. Verse 8 of Matthew 15 says, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart. That seat wherein lies your desires and your passions. Your Your desires and passions, he says, of them is far from me. Your your their heart is far, far from me. He said, "I want us as professing to be the children of God." This time we sing near to the heart of God we think about this verse you see it's not just with a lip profession it's with the heart (laughs) is that where our desires lie is that where our passions lie And the things of God If you heard me speak over at the Bible Baptist Church last week, last Sunday, you heard the message that I preached on the desire of the psalmist and the passion of the psalmist was for the, for the house of the Lord. It was for, for God. <laughs> His longing, his craving, his desire was for God. In the 42nd Psalm, he said, When shall I appear before God? How many of us have that desire, have that longing? How often? How often are we guilty of having the same attitude as these Jews. These Pharisees and scribes, Sadducees and priests. In the book of Matthew, chapter 12, another instance of, of his disciples and he being accused of of breaking the Sabbath, he he said in verses 7 and 8, But if ye had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, ye would have condemned the guilt... ye, Ye would not have condemned the guiltless... For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. In other words, he's the master of the Sabbath. He created the Sabbath. The 22nd chapter of Matthew, verse 39, a verse that we know well. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There's not a man alive that that doesn't see to it that he's taken care of. That doesn't see to it that his needs are met. And most of the time, what he wants is more important than the needs of someone else. Jesus said. Thou shalt love thy neighbor, your fellow man, as yourself. Mark chapter 7 and verse 9. And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandments of God, that ye may keep your own tradition. <laughs> You see, what what they counted important was more important than obeying the Word of God. Turn with me to the book of Romans. Book of Romans. I told you earlier that we would resort to reading this verse. Romans chapter 13. And verse 10 pay attention love worketh and there again I emphasize the the ever present tense of this verb worketh no ill to his neighbor it doesn't yesterday it doesn't today and it doesn't in the future Work ill to his fellow man. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Honor your father and your mother. Don't steal. Don't commit murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't covet. Anything that your fellow man has. Love, true love, self-sacrificing love, the love divine love <laughs> obeys all of that. Turn with me to the book of first John. 1 John chapter 3. in verse 16 hereby perceive ye we the love of God you have the love of God you say you have the love of God you say you have the love of God shed abroad in your heart well here's how how we know because he laid down his life for us And we ought... We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Literally? I'm to do as he did? Well, yes, literally. But the next verse explains it. Verse 17. But whoso hath this world's good... You, you have good. You, you have received good. You have received good at the hands of the Lord. He, I mean, yes, you have labored. And you have labored and you have gotten what, <laughs> what you labored for. But it was God that blessed the labors of your hands for you to get good. Whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother, not just your brother in the flesh, or not just your brother in Christ, but your fellow man. That's what that word word brother there is, all-inclusive. You see your brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? That is not the love of God. (laughs) What did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? This impotent man. (laughs) Did he go to Jesus? This impotent man didn't even know Jesus. Didn't even know who this man was. And Jesus worked in love and compassion, mercy. The multitudes that came to were they all followers? No, they they came because they heard that He healed the sick and the lame and the withered. And so they were coming to Jesus. Did He turn them away? That we shut up our bowels of compassion when we could help one who's in need. Well, one last thing in closing. I've already pointed it out. Verse 10. As the Jews, <laughs> many times this reference, especially in the Gospels, and in instances like this, the Jews is a term that denotes those who stood in opposition, opposition to to Against Jesus, they were, as we have said, the Pharisees, the Scribes, the Sadducees, and the priests. They refused. They refused to believe Jesus Christ. They refused to believe Him. John chapter 1 verse 10 verses that we know well verses 10 and 11 He was in the world. Who was in the world? The Word John 1, one in the beginning was the word and the word was and the word was with God and the word was God. Verse three tells us that he created all the world, everything that is in the world. there's nothing that was created that was not created by him, by the word. the word who was God. Verse 10 tells us he was in the world. And the world was made by Him. And the world knew Him not. He came unto His own. Oh, get out of genealogy of Jesus Christ. See who that's referring to. The book of Matthew, chapter 1. The generations of Jesus Christ. It starts with, he starts with Abraham. And he goes down through there. Matthew goes down through there. Showing Abraham and the descendants of Abraham. And lo and behold, David is a descendant of Abraham. And lo and behold, Jesus Christ is a descendant of David. Both from the tribe of Judah. But descendants of Abraham. The Israelites. The Pharisees. The Sadducees. The scribes. Scribes. And the priest. He came unto them. When he when he when he chose his his twelve apostles and he sent them forth, where did he send them? He sent them to the cities of the house of Israel. Don't you go to the Gentiles, you go to the cities of the house of Israel, he told them. Later on, he says. Go into all the old world and preach the gospel. Jesus Christ came unto his own and his own received him not. they didn't believe him. I ask you this morning, do you believe? Not do you believe about Jesus Christ. You believe in Jesus Christ and His shed blood. That is, it's the only way of salvation. It's the only way you're going to be saved. It's the only way you're going to be delivered from your sins and your trespasses. And spend an eternity With him. It's the only way. You must be fully convinced. But Paul and Silas said to the Philippian jailer that I, with thy whole heart, with your whole heart, believe on Jesus Christ. Be fully persuaded, fully convinced. It's the only way of salvation. Nothing you can do. There's nothing I could do. In fact, I cared less. Cared more about doing my own way, doing my own things, than I did the ways of God. Until one day he got my attention. He got my attention, my awful and sinful condition before him. And I cried out because I knew that I was going to spend eternity in hell. And Jesus Christ was my only hope, my only hope of deliverance. I was fully persuaded in Jesus Christ, and am today. He's my hope. He's my expectation. That one day I'm going to see him face to face. How about you? Shall we stand?